Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. This is Charger Rundown. I'm Martin Peterson. And I'm Reagan Genschieski, bringing you all things Hillsdale Charger sports. We are now joined in studio by probably the most famous Charger Rundown guest of all time. That's probably safe to say. Point guard of the Hillsdale College men's basketball team, Connor Hill, from Lenexa, Kansas. Connor Hill, thank you so much for joining us on Charger Rundown. It's so much fun to be back. It's one of my favorite things to do all year. So. I, I think I think you get more excited about this than even playing in games, I think. 100%. I'd much rather be here in the studio grinding it out with you guys and out on the court. <laughs> I mean, why not? Um, Connor Hill, first of all, obviously you guys, going back to last season, um, a great run that you guys had, obviously. You know, the, the, the regular season conference that, that schedule that you guys played, the way you guys handled yourselves, obviously not the finish that you wanted. Uh, losing Davis Larson obviously was key, but now the two of you guys coming back this year as captains, you know, what an honor for you. What, is, what has been the title of captain meant for you, especially during times like this where there's a lot of uncertainty? Yeah, no, it's been, I mean, obviously this year, <clears throat> excuse me, it's been kind of crazy, you know, with all the COVID stuff going around, but um you know, getting that honor from Coach Tharp and, you know, the rest of the staff, it was pretty great. You know, uh, some I've always wanted to be here and finally got the opportunity. And it's nice to kind of, you know, be the people guys look to, you know, it's great. Obviously, you guys had to adjust to some things as you guys got here for the school year. What were some of those things? Like, what was different between, you know, your guys' start preseason uh, before, obviously, like years before? Uh, and, and how did you handle that as a captain? Yeah, so um, this year, like, it, as you know, it was a lot more, like, small group work. Like, we couldn't have our whole team together. So, like, for I think it was two or three weeks, we had to be in, like, small pods, like four to six people. So that was a little different. And it's tough, you know, to kind of lead the guys, especially, like, when you're in on different days and stuff. But now that we've gotten going and we're all together, it's been a lot easier. And the transition wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. And you guys just had your schedule released from the GMAC. What was the reaction from the team and from you from you when you saw that your matchup? Oh, we're we're excited. Um, you know, we get to open it up against the team, the Kentucky Wesleyan, that you know ended our season. So we're excited. You know, kind of a little redemption, if not. Um, we're ready to get some revenge there. And you know, obviously, you circle games on the calendar, but we're just excited to get it going. And you guys were you were co-league champions last year, and then you were knocked out in the first round. How is that loss going to propel you guys through this season? Uh, I mean, it's something we always talk about. You know, uh, you know, Coach Tharp's always like, hey, you know, like remember what happened last year. And it's not like we're like just living on the past, but it's always good motivation for us going forward. Hopefully, you know, we can correct the things that went wrong. Talking to Connor Hill here on Charger Rundown on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM, and going back to the Kentucky Wesleyan game, obviously fuels you guys as a little bit of motivation. I was talking to somebody who was at the Michigan facilities back in February before COVID hit. And they said they have that Ohio State game on 24-7 in their facilities to try to motivate them. Wow. Have you kind of gone back and Ooh. watched that game and try to pump you up a little bit and, and just kind of get you geared that like you guys have a mission this year? Yeah, so, like, during, you know, all, like, quarantine, I, like, there's nothing else really to do. So I went back and watched all the games. But I definitely watched that one the most um, just to see – kind of what went wrong and it's you know like you said it was giving me personal like just great motivation coming in and as our team as a whole as well you guys obviously looking a little different this year uh, lost some seniors who really stepped up and had great careers here at Hillsdale College including a Dylan Lowry what a, what a what a player he was for mm -hmm. you guys but you guys have to have guys that have stepped up obviously a Pat coming back I want you to talk about a little bit about who you expect to step up especially from the guard position uh, to help you out in the backcourt yeah so uh 
to start off, you know, like you said, our bigs return, our three bigs that played last year are they're unbelievable. So that we're gonna, you know, run, play through them. They're gonna grind us out. They're gonna, you know, be the guys that we lean on. But in terms of the guard position, you know, we got Cole Nile coming back. Who Cole was in some of the biggest moments for us last year, and I expect nothing less. You know, Cole really kind of gained all of our trust very quickly, and that trust has just grown. And then you also have guys, you know, like Jack Golke, he got some time last year. Um, and Kyle Gessler, who also, you know, the two of them, they're knockdown shooters, you know, along with Cole. But so the two of them definitely have a chance to come step up and play. And then, you know, you got, you know, Jacob Nagobi, you know, he is a, he's a great defender. I think he could even come in and get help us out a lot. And then our two new freshmen, um, Sam uh, Vasu and uh, Charles Williams. So, you know, we got a lot of guys that, you know, like you said, we lost Dill and Trav. Mike Travos, especially. So you know, it was. Uh, it's going to be tough replacing him, but we definitely got the guys to do it. Davis Larson, as we mentioned a little earlier, obviously suffered the tough injury a year ago. He's back on the court again. He's kind of working his way in, doing some half-court stuff, not not necessarily full-court yet. What are you looking forward to seeing Dave do once once he gets back full, fully healthy? I'm, I'm expecting Dave to be Dave. You know, Dave, last year before he got hurt and the year before that, you know, he's one of the best players in the league, and he's going to continue to do that for us. He's our guy. He's our leader, and we, looked, we look for him, you know, to kind of get us going. Pat Cartier, uh, I don't really know what there's to say about Pat. He's obviously the most dominant big guy uh, probably in the conference. Uh, I thought he was snubbed last year, to be honest. I thought he deserved more recognition as far as league awards go. I mean, what's the ceiling for Pat? The best Division Two player in the country. Pat could be, and I think I'm expecting him to take that jump and truly be the most dominant big in the country in Division Two. Um, the things he can do, you know, just his post moves, and now he's, he's shooting the ball really well. He's got more of a mid-range game now than he has, so we're expecting Pat to be the best player in the country. And, Connor, now you've talked about all these talented people – I want to set up a scenario for you. You're down by two. You got 10 seconds left on the clock. You have to pass the ball. You can't take the shot for yourself. Who's your go-to guy in this situation? Because you have so many talented people. Then you have so many good friends that you have connections with. I just need to know who you pass it to. Oh, that's so tough. Um, I have my guess. So you're down down by two? Down by two. 10 seconds. Am I going for the win? Well, I don't know. You tell me, Connor. All right. right. So so I'm going – I want Davis Larson to shoot the three, but you know, if we're like, if we can like get a bucket to tie it, I'd probably go Austin Yarian. That's uh, a, that was my guess. I mean, Yars, you know, everyone always talks about Pat, and when no one really, I feel like, you know, Yars was second team. Like Austin Yarian was second team last year, and but I think it was almost like kind of a slight. Like I think Yars is right up there with any big that I've ever played with or against. So yeah, I'm going Yars on that. Do you think living with him last year in this like? kind of gave you guys a special connection on the court and improved your play oh 100 because like you know him me and Tavon Brown we all lived together and it was like we've always been close and like played well together but then you know kind of being with each other 24 7 it makes that connection just so much easier and um you know it's just it was great living with those guys and it was great playing with them besides the Kentucky Wesleyan game is there a team that you are just so fired up to go against Walsh why um they got you know they're uh, they're always one of the best teams. You know not only in our conference but in the whole region. And then uh, they just there's a guard that on their team that I love playing against. He's a really good player and he got the best of me. You know both games last year, so I'm looking forward to the challenge trying to stop him. And I, I was gonna say you're a very um, fiery player, charismatic guy. So when we talked to Luke Keller, he, I discovered that there's trash talking that goes on during men's sports. There's no trash talking in softball. 
Do you trash talk? Um, I, I'm not gonna lie. I, I have trash talk, <laughs> but like, it's not even like, I don't even really like talking trash. I just try to have like conversations. So like, I'll ask the guys like, what are you doing after the game? Are you guys, you know, like, Hey, who do you think is going to win the NBA title? Like, so I try to have just conversations with the guys. Um, but then, you know, if somebody rubs me the wrong way, I may or may not, you know, talk a little bit, just a tad. Talking to Connor Hill here on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM on Charge Rundown. And Connor, uh, we'll talk about Coach Starp here in a little bit, but you have three brand new assistant coaches mm-hmm. with uh, assistant coach Ryan Schwanier and Brandon Pritzel, obviously leaving uh, this year. Talk about these new guys and, and their roles and, and what you love about these new guys that uh, Coach Starp brought in. Yeah, so, you know, losing, you know, Pritz and Schwanee, you know, it was it when it we found out like it hurt you know because those guys have been not just as you know coaches but players they've been a huge part of building this program to what it is now but you know uh, Kevin Bradley David Choi and Eric Weiss you know they are I mean they've been exceeded my expectations I had no idea what we were getting into when they brought these guys in and you know I was kind of like oh man like I've kind of been around longer than they have like maybe but like no they have been so great. They know the game. They know exactly what we want to do, exactly what coach wants to do, and they help. I mean, they have been some of the best assistants I've had. I got to watch a little bit of, of, of practice with you guys, and obviously Coach Starp expects a lot of you as as a senior, but I think there's a, a lot of respect that Coach Starp has for you, and he told you in practice that he feels like when you're talking, you know, this, you're, the team's at its best. You know, when you're silent – you know they're not they're not playing as well. They needed the communication on the floor. What's the relationship like between you and Coach Starp, and and how has it gotten to that point where he can come to you and say stuff like that, and and you understand that? Um, you know, it's just we've I built trust with Coach Starp. You know, it hasn't always been like that. You know, I was, for kind of lack of a better term, I was kind of his whooping child for a while, for a couple of years. You know, some went wrong. I was the guy that kind of took the you know the brunt of it, and he knows I could take it. So, but now it's kind of like I know exactly what he wants and what he expects of me. So it's like if I'm not doing something, I expect uh, Coach Starp to be able to come to me like, hey, Con, you're not doing this right. And I'm like, okay. And then we also have a good back and forth about ideas. But it's just, you know, this trust has been built up. It was definitely earned from both of us. And, uh, yeah, no, I mean, Coach Starp's my guy. And what was the recruiting process like uh, with you and Coach Starp and finding Hillsdale? Um, so I, So both my parents went here. My dad played football and basketball. And my mom ran track and was a cheerleader here. Wow. Yep. So I knew about Hillsdale and, you know, when I started getting recruited, I was always like, my parents were like, Hey, why don't you check out Hillsdale? And I was like, I'm not going to Hillsdale. Like I refuse. I was like, <laughs> I'm not living your guys' shadow or anything. Like I'm not doing it. Well, then they started recruiting me and I came on a couple of visits here and I just fell in love with it. And it was, it's amazing places. All of you guys know, and I'm so happy to be here. And what has that been like going to college where your parents went and your, your dad played basketball? Just like him, is that? Do you talk after the game with your dad? Just like shared memories? Yeah. So it's like um, he was on the 1981 Final Four, NAIA Final Four team, and they just put up a banner, and that because you know the NCAA NAIA thing, they don't really like we've never had a banner for the NAIA stuff, but they just Coach Starb got him to put it up, and so I call him, and he was all excited because he was on that team, and then you know we got our championship rings. He was here. He and I got, you know, we normally don't get, we're not emotional guys like that, but we both got pretty emotional about it because, you know, it just like we're in history, Hillsdale history now, kind of. So it's pretty cool. It is cool. It's awesome. Talk about, uh, obviously, at the, the, the banquet dinner that you guys had the other night, getting those rings for the first time, seeing all the alumni come back. Obviously, COVID, 
you know, axed your guys' banquet at the end of the season, but you guys finally got to celebrate. How nice was it to celebrate last year's team? It was great. And, you know, like everyone, it didn't end how we wanted it to, but like we still accomplished something great. It was something that we needed to celebrate and hadn't gotten a chance to, like you said. So finally having all the old guys back and all of us, you know, at the banquet, it was it was really great and special to celebrate what we did last year. Offensively for you guys, uh, getting to more of the basketball aspect of what you guys are going to do on the floor this year, you guys run a lot of plays, a lot of motion, obviously, but there's a lot of stuff that you guys can do out of that. Are we expecting more of the same out of the offense this year that we've seen in years past, or are there going to be some change-ups with Coach Tharp's playbook? Um, so especially after Davis's injury, um, we start, you know, we always play through our bigs, but last year it was even more than, and this year it's going to be the same. We're going to play through our bigs. We have unbelievable bigs, our three returning bigs, plus, you know, like Peter Kaltoff's going to be really good. Noah Applegate is going to be really good. So we're going to play through our bigs like we always do. I think we're going to, you know, we've talked about it, how we've always been good at taking care of the ball and good defensively, but our pace has always been slow, our pace of play. So I think you're going to see us play a little more up-tempo, you know, some quicker shots where we're not just trying to get, you know, get a tough bucket at the end of the shot clock. But um, play through the bigs and then a little bit faster. I honestly feel like that you guys, with the good bigs, you guys have such a, a balance. And the thing that was huge on last year's team was the depth that you guys have. Are you? Do you think you guys bring that same depth this year that you brought a year ago that led you to be conference championships? Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, we got guys that, you know, haven't really played a lot, but they're ready. And, um, you know, just seeing, like, how they were a couple years ago or a year ago and seeing, like, the progress they've made, we're going to have as much depth as I've, we've ever had since I've been here. And how have you been preparing those maybe less experienced players as a captain and as a senior, you know, for their moment to shine, um, to really come into those clutch moments? So I, uh, you know, I'm a very, I'm not really like a passive aggressive guy. So like if they do something wrong, I'm going to go tell them what they did wrong. But I've been doing, I've been trying to do a lot better job of, instead of just getting angry, I've been trying to teach and help. And the guys have been, all the guys are really receptive when I do that. And then if I mess up, you know, they're coming back telling me. So the biggest thing for me teaching the younger guys is, you know, when they like make a mistake or do something, like when I expect them to do something and they don't do it is after the fact going and just talking to them without just, you know, badgering them so much. Hey, Connor, the NCAA came out and announced that Division Two athletes, the winter sports, have an extra oh year of eligibility. This is my favorite question to ask. Have you given any thought to that, um, taking an extra year, staying at Hillsdale? Um, I've thought about it. Um, you know, I'm not going to – I don't have an answer for it right now. You know, some I'll think about, I'm sure. I'm more focused on, you know, just doing what we can this year, you know, hopefully, you know, getting a championship and more championships and just keep it going this year. But uh, after the season, that's something Coach and I and, uh, and Davis will all talk and get together and, you know, figure it out from there. Because, Connor, if you do stay an extra year, that's more appearances on Charger Rundown, uh, more time with Martin and I. I I'm, just, I'm just putting that, that mean, out Does that mean there? Martin Peterson's coming I mean, back for I'm his sorry, sixth year? I'm sorry, no. Well, we don't know. Oh, we don't no know. comment. No comment, huh? But I'm just saying. I'm just like, if that is a factor, Charger Rundown, I think it should oh, be. Oh, it's definitely in the equation. So maybe you guys tip the scales a little bit in your favor then. I ho well, I hope so. Oh, God, yeah. I don't want to leave you yet. I'm not ready. Talking to Connor Hill here on Charger Rundown on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. The thing about Connor Hill is also well-versed in the world of sports, so I want to ask you a couple questions. First of all, the NBA went to the bubble format. Mm -hmm. 
Were you a fan of what they did, obviously, to get the NBA season in, and how much did you enjoy the NBA season? So I was so skeptical when they announced this because, like, no fans, like, that's, you know, I feel, especially in basketball, I feel like you just, the players feed off of the fans. And I was so wrong because it, the bubble was amazing. I loved every second of it. Um, and, like, you know, people got mad about the political state. I didn't care about that. I was, all, I was focused on the sport. And I think it turned out great. Don't you? Like, I think. Oh, I, I thought it was awesome. And, like, especially in the seeding games, it was just game after game after game all day long. It was amazing. It, it was fun. I thought they did a really good job. And it, it honestly probably couldn't have gone any better for the NBA. The way that they were able to contain, you know, what they had in the bubble not let any COVID in, you know, the tests were flawless. Yeah, zero, you know, zero positive yeah, cases. It, it was it, unbelievable. It worked really well, yeah. and I think they're excited now. They're talking about a December 25th start date for Christmas, which would be pretty cool. I think they said, like, 72-game mm-hmm. season. Are you hope like, for you as – this is why I want to ask you. For you as a basketball player, do you think that's enough break between now – and then for guys to recover and get ready for another season because camp's probably going to start what last week in November. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is enough. To, it's definitely you know it's definitely shorter than you'd like, but I think there is enough time. The only issue I see is is you know the finals will end you know you know early middle June, and then some of these guys will have to go straight into the Olympics. So I think right. it's going to f- affect the Olympics next summer and the USA team. That's but the only thing. The I Olympics see. are in China, so do you really think that that's going to happen next year? That's my. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I hope. Uh, I really hope it does too. I'm just, I'm, I'm just telling you the facts. I mean, it's in China. Yeah, I just, you know, the Olympics. It's, it's probably, you know, most people's favorite sporting event. But there's something about for me the, you know, the best basketball players in the world because you know USA, you know, there's you know Giannis and your guy Luka Doncic. But you know, for the most part, the 12 best basketball players in the world on one court. There's just something about it that's just special. I want to ask you this question, and I want you to tell me really fast. Who is the best point guard in the NBA right now? LeBron James. That's not what I thought you were going to ask, but tell he's us a point why. guard. Like, who's a, technically a point guard? Yes. Stephen Curry. I love okay. him. It's not close. Okay. And then my favorite player is Kyrie Irving. He's your favorite? 100%. Favorite player or favorite point guard? Favorite player. The way he the way he can score the ball, you know, what you know, everyone's like, I'm a guy who thinks LeBron James is the GOAT, you know, that's me. But Kyrie Irving, LeBron does not win that title without Kyrie Irving. And he was just un- he was he was unbelievable. And I honestly I'm probably still living off nostalgia of that twenty sixteen finals, and that's probably why, but no, Kyrie's my guy. That's the question you thought I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask, well now I feel like you're gonna I know what you're gonna say, but um we asked JC last week, LeBron or Jordan. Who's better? LeBron. Um, you know, everyone says six for six and all this, but I'm just like, just from, if I'm just watching them play, you know, LeBron is a better shooter, st- statistically definitely a better shooter. He's a better passer. He's a better rebounder. Defensively, Jordan's probably a little better. So I'm just saying, like, if you take all of the categories, and I'm not talking about resumes, I'm just them as basketball players. It's LeBron James. I, I just think it's so hard. It's a carousel, and and you circle around it. I'm I, one of those guys who it's like, it's like it's LeBron James, Michael Jordan, or it's Michael Jordan, LeBron James. Like I'm not someone that's like, oh, Michael Jordan's like six or LeBron James. Like I think if you don't think they're the two, clear two greatest players, I think you know. You're I have ignorant. a question for you. Answer. Do you think Bill Russell was a better rebounder than LeBron? I have such a hard time because Bill Russell is you know 11 championships. He's the man. 
but but he played in the 60s okay so let me say that three-point shooting in the 90s is way different than what it is in the 2010s Mm -hmm. and i think that you can even tell by lebron's numbers from shooting from the three-point line as the nba has gotten better at shooting threes everyone else has too so you think your argument would be michael michael jordan's field goal percentage would be higher his three-point percentage would be way higher and you know this is why this is and we don't know what LeBron. That's a do. fair argument, but you know it's so hard to com- you know the generational or like the decades thing. It's so hard to do. Right. But I'm just if you just look at it, I gotta go with my guy Bron. He's just he's the man. I think that's fair. Uh, one last thing, uh, as we have a Chiefs fan in here, and a Steelers fan. <laughs> Steelers are six and zero. The Chiefs are about to be five and one. Correct? Six and one. Six and one. That's right. The Steelers play less games. Both of you make an argument for your team and who would win. I'll let her go first. Well, the Steelers just have a new life this year with Ben Roethlisberger leading the pack. I just don't He's think you can shut them down. And when they get going, they're unstoppable. Like, and their offense is incredible. And then you the, you can't score against that defense. I mean, you can, but you're not going to get T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree. Good luck. They haven't played against Patrick Mahomes yet. Oh it's God, we have the greatest, Bell. We have the greatest please. quarterback. It's fair. Uh, definitely greatest quarterback in the NFL right now. And I would say potentially when his career is over to be the greatest quarterback of all time we'll see that's all i need connor hill we want to thank you so much for coming on good luck as we head into november you start the season we can't wait to watch you play man thank you so much for having me again and thank you for listening to charger rundown on radio free hillsdale 101.7 fm